This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, uh, Peter Crouch, uh, Chris Stark and the Notorious are with me as usual. Uh, everyone okay? Very good, yes. Yeah, Sid, really good. all good? Yeah, really good, really good. Merry Christmas, lads. Merry Christmas, one and all. Obviously, we're recording this slightly before, but this will be out the 27th, so I hope you've had a good Christmas. Great decision, this. So we could either lie to you right now and we could pretend that we've had Christmas and discuss our Christmas and everything, but the truth of this is we've done it before, so we can have a bit of a chill around Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, this we're, is... we're pretending what presents we've... That's what, what I, I thought that? we were going to I was going to ask you, like, how's your barbecue gone and all that? But I thought there's so many liars to get caught up in there. Yeah. So many liars. And then also the biggest worry of all is that something big happens at Christmas and we don't discuss it yeah. or like mm-hmm. you know maybe something bad happens with my barbecue I don't know don't right be, now that's in the future the amount of planning that has gone into that there's yeah. nothing can go wrong I mean you, you're serving at was it five past four uh, bang on bang yeah. on five as past serving at five past four the food will be ready at four yeah yeah that's as what I mean trade up as you give like yourself that. five minutes I give serving. five minutes to allow for family members to go and get drinks and things like that because that can take a while but the food will all be there for four but five past four those Yorkshire puddings just get put onto the because oh. you don't want them hanging around no. too long you know? Could, would, do you mind if I call you or just because you just sent me a picture <laughs> at six minutes past four yeah I I'd can, like that. I'll have to put it in the schedule yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I can do that for you could you put that in the schedule uh, send photo Maybe on what about on socials or something like that? Just uh, we'll send photo on Instagram or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It has to be. It has to be six Bang minutes more. Oh, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you're off. a list of load of bollocks. Your whole thing's a load of bollocks. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, you, that, you <laughs> put yourself absolutely. So what I'm saying, it doesn't have now. to be six minutes past, but give me a time where that's on the table. But it can't be much longer than five minutes after five past. Yeah, it's got. It's got to be ten past latest, and it's got to be. A picture from that moment as well because I could cheat it couldn't I I could yeah. do a picture beforehand okay if, no, so everyone sat down the barbecue closed <laughs> cleaned a legit <laughs> you want the family sat down <laughs> I want everyone sat down <laughs> that's so, so do you want a picture before the, the first mouthful yeah preferably oh, wow. yeah at five past four I'll send you a photo of where I'm at, Love where you're at and you yeah. decide oh, whether yeah, it's yeah, success okay. or failure yeah. alright brilliant what about uh, this time then so you boys I mean we might as well say excited for this time like the time that people will be here in this podcast the gooch between Christmas and New mm. Year's mm. Uh, <laughs> as I call it the anyway. well <laughs> what's your phrase no man's for? land <laughs> no man's land <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah no what do you land. say what do you say about that, well, that, that Steve area between Sid well uh, <laughs> what would you call it? Like what? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's like no man's no land. land. Yeah, it's like uh, the gooch. Your technical area. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> the, the technical area, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I bet you never really chin rest. I've never heard that one. The chin tickler. I've heard that one. The chin the rest. Chin, have you not? The chin tickler. <laughs> someone, someone said that to me. I was away, and someone said that, and I was like, "That is an absolute belter." Oh. You know, I've started trying to get into golf. Whenever I'm at the driving range, I always think the driving range mat for me sort of resembles a gooch you can sort of play off it have you ever played off a gooch uh yeah no i, I, I regularly use it but it, i don't think it transfers i don't think the gooch transfers to grass do you know what i mean because yeah. it, it, it feels easier to hit off the mat you think yeah i don't know I don't, you don't even know what we're talking about no 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 we're, no we are away from the gooch and now yeah, golf. Yeah, we're we're on, golf, on yeah. the mat fine so it's so. not yeah. just me because thing is i've been hitting the ball and obviously i'm very new to this hitting the ball okay off the drive at the driving range and then mate i'm going and playing a game couldn't hit genuinely 18 i I couldn't hit one drive i do you find that and and then you're on the grass i'm like this is this is not the same game totally different game yeah the mat's a big one isn't it if it's a fluffy mat it gives you a little bit of confidence if it's a dry mat Mm. if it's a worn mat (laughs) can you explain the concept of different tees why do ladies have different tees was um, it why they further fought? Well, someone started laughing at me because I was playing off the what they called the ladies' tees. I was like, ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what do you mean? There's why in this day and You're age? Of the ladies' tee. Why? Why? What's going on there? What? The majority of ladies obviously haven't got the physical capacity of like the men. For the start of time, it's always been a ladies' tee and a men's tee. Yeah. Um, what do you yeah, mean? but even you know the, the, the ladies' golf they play. You, you, you just think it would be done by sort of skill because they're I'm, I. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm inadequate on any tee. The ladies yeah. would hit it maybe further than you at the moment. Just, um, on, just on Christmas, just quickly, what's your favourite Christmas song? I like that one that goes, Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Nat King Cole's involved in if, something, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, also, I, objectively speaking, I would just say on that, though, that the Kelly Clarkson and Ariana Grande it's Christmas one, song relatively new is probably the best Christmas song of all time but it just hasn't bedded Whoa. in yet it just hasn't bedded That's in yet big shout a Sid's favourite song uh, Driving Home for Christmas Chris Rea oh yeah nice big one big that one. is nice I like yeah. that one it just reminds me of Driving Home for Christmas literally from training does actually yeah, yeah. 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 How's it didn't going he again? sing the bizarre Road home. to Hell as well <laughs> is that Chris Rea this is the road, road that's another driving song <laughs> well I'm just saying like, it's weird that he's really jolly at one drive and fucking hates the other <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of driving home for Christmas our chat with you in the last podcast yes. uh, regarding your driving oh, has yeah, received yeah. major major heat well I see it's been flagged up with a series of photos here um, this is when I was working for TNT Sports so I was up at Liverpool's training ground and I took uh, Virgil van Dijk for a spin uh, thoughts uh, on my driving technique here well firstly if you didn't hear last podcast please catch up there was a large section um, where we discussed Crouch's driving and I feel he potentially is not a great driver in fact in fact that's wrong that's unfair he's a brilliant driver but very cautious sort of like <laughs> everything is technically can't believe everything's it. technically done right i that's can't believe weird. this well the feeding of the wheel i think is confirmed from this picture do you think so the, two, the double hander the double hand is on i'll be honest here but very, it's a loose left it's yeah. a claw grip it's, it's a, like a, a claw grip <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty casual i'd say 
But this one on the left, this this snap here, looks like I'm indicating and with uh, Tom at 10 to 2, I'm very... But I have got a £100 billion player in a car. You have. He, he actually looks quite... If you actually look at he Virgil's grid, he looked very nervous. The face... Well, I did go down the uh, one-way street the wrong way with him in wow. the car. This is this, this is what is, I mean because coming, you've got a kind of reckless. This is what's Reck confuse. This is what's confusing, <laughs> and it's clearly not just me, but Virgil as well. Is um, is we know what you're like as a player, and you can be like, and you can get into people, and it's like elbows and physicality and da da da. But then when you're in the car, suddenly you're feeding the wheel through, and it's it's mirror signal maneuver that kind of thing, <laughs> and it it's confusing as a passenger. So what you can see here is his reaction. Here on his face. It's just a bit like he doesn't understand. Yeah. He's closed up. He's got a closed posture. He doesn't understand <laughs> what he's doing there. I think this picture's just been taken after you've had to pull over. Right, and then you put put the handbrake up as yeah. well. Is that what I do? So when I stop, I'm always putting yeah. the Oh, yeah, then, that's like that's an event that. in itself. And I think you've just released the handbrake <laughs> and you're just moving <laughs> out. Where I'm there, I've, I've found the biting point, haven't I? Yeah. So I've, I've just released the handbrake, got the biting point. You do handbrake at a junction, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> this is a scandal. <laughs> you absolute scandal. <laughs> Doesn't he? Just in case. Handbrake at a junction. Well, and then he it. gets his biting point and then he's down it's outrageous oh. this <laughs> but I do understand like you, you're given a vibe of someone that has a driving instructor next to them and I think that's the thing when you've got an expensive player like that it heaps the pressure on the drive doesn't yeah, it I've got, I got a feeling this was before the Merseyside derby do you know what I mean like, <laughs> you know, if, I, if, I, if I injure Van Dyke before that game and, you know is it mm. He's obviously 100, he's over 100 million pound player, isn't he? You know what I, mean? mm, I yeah. think that same feeling that you're having there is a bit like, you know, if you ever get a police car behind you when you're driving, mm. you just suddenly snap into a different mode, Become don't more you? technical. Yeah, yeah you everything, everything becomes a bit panicky. And yeah. I feel it? like you're deflecting here massively. <laughs> I, I feel like this is the, you, what you're describing, you in the car. <laughs> There's no way you are in a car, right, with your, with your arm like on the side here and just like one hand on the wheel. There's no way. There's I, no way. I think you're right. <laughs> no, because no, you can't. Right. What you're, yeah. but the confusion for you is, I the thing is, I match my car, right? I would just be knocking around in previously a Corsa, that kind of thing. It it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like I think you can imagine me driving. Yeah, I can. It would be, I, and it would be I, very I, average. It would just be like anyone else you pass yeah, by on the street. Yeah, yeah. I know, I, I know that you've got you've got one of them little things that stick to the windscreen, and you, you, as soon as you get in, you put your phone on, and, you, and before you move away, you you put in your direction. I think and uh, yeah. you've had, it's all plugged in and oh, charged. Yeah, you have, you, you have one of them. <laughs> I, stick on. Hundred percent. It's hundred. It's got the big arm. Yeah. It's like it's the dock. He's got a dock. He's got the dock that goes into the cigarette uh, lighter. And I, I I think you put your seatbelt on before you start position. <laughs> What, do you like it? Well, what's that's that's a strange shout. See you like before it? the ignition. Hundred percent, your seatbelt. Your million percent, million percent. A seatbelt. What I love about this, we're all criticising things that are like technically legal. <laughs> 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 oh, 
feel like we slid back into the driving. That's a great shout out, Sid. Seatbelt before the ignition. Let us know if you are that person. <laughs> oh, no. Whenever someone gets into a car now, they're going to call out their mate or person <laughs> just for putting a seatbelt on first. <laughs> then start. Oh, that's oh, that's a oh, right, what are we talking about today? Right, today, today we're talking, you know, like, I think it was maybe a couple of podcasts ago. We we got into like uh, owners. We had some great stories. Sid's told some brilliant ones about Abramovich and you know coming down, Milan Mandaric. I was thinking Daniel Levy, Delia Smith. Um, you know we've we've worked with some yeah. some great owners, haven't we? You know, and uh, obviously at Brighton as well. There's the situation yeah. there. Tony Bloom, Tony yeah. Tony Bloom, and and of course Brentford now. Mm. You know his partner Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's interesting. So today we're going to be talking about owners. Nice. Right, so the, yeah, the, my, my first ever experience of a of an owner of a football club was was obviously a mad one because it was Alan Sugar, Sir Alan Sugar, at Tottenham. Wow. Um, so I was, you know, it's very early on. Um, you know, we own the club, and uh, I remember, um, you know, my first kind of experience with Alan Sugar was I got an email. Um, there was an email going around or a letter, and um, it, it basically said if you see if you see Alan around the place, mm. uh, you address him as Sir Alan. <laughs> And if you see his wife anywhere, you address her as Lady Sugar. Lady, Lady Sugar? Sugar? Yeah. That sounds like a nickname. But, uh, <laughs> Hello, Lady Sugar. Hello, Lady Sugar. Uh, yeah, unreal. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I, just the fact that you, you kind of the letter was, was received by mm. it, it all staff at the training ground. Like, was he, because he's obviously known as like, being a notorious businessman. Did he, did he have that hype even back then? Like, did you, like so the name preceded. Yeah, you had that. You had that about him. Um, it's scary when you first met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that. I mean, he, listen, you know, I'm a very tall man. He's not. A, he's not a big man, but he's he's got a huge kind of persona, character. Like even this was way before The Apprentice, and and a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people would have known him. He was obviously yeah, it's well known, I think, but not not to the level he is now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he had something about him. Yeah, whenever you saw him, it was like. You, know, you, you did you were like right sir alan would he do the old reception power play as well like on the apprentice have you sat outside uh, with the, you know the lady where you can't see her face mm. but i think all of that like would have been something you know very like a lot of that would have been around kind of how he was in his in his in his work and things like that i think yeah I'm trying to think was it amstrad he was amstrad yeah, yeah. when he first started yeah computers and yeah, like interesting guy, isn't he? Did you ever get in? Was there ever kind of an argument with him or, or sort of disagreement? No, or was listen, it always... you know, like what, when I say he was my first kind of owner, I mentioned him because I mean I was only very young and I had mm. n- not many dealings with with Alan Sugar. Do you know what I mean, <laughs> I was I was still trying to make it in the game, and, uh, and there was people below that. I think I think it was I remember David Pleat became kind of the director of football, so I, I would I would go to him rather than you know Sir Alan Sugar, but you know things like. Big transfers like you know Ferdinand, I don't know Ginolo, people like that. I think I'm sure they'd have more dealings with with him than me. But I just always remember that that email that came round. Yeah, and thought, this fella's having himself. Have you seen <laughs> it? Have you seen him since? Um, I don't think I have. No, but um, obviously incredibly successful businessman, um, and he was passionate about about Tottenham. I think he lives kind of in the area, and I think the reason. You know, probably half the reason that the training ground was moved to Chigwell was because that's where he lived. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
I mean, some of these owners, they're, they're characters in their own rights, I think, for the fact that they want to invest in football. Yeah. You know, especially back then, especially if they were taken on a smaller club with the aim of making it bigger. We again. had Mark, Mark White on, didn't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I felt like I said uh, Mark Wright with a lisp there. <laughs> <laughs> we had Mark White on. <laughs> but, uh, he was brilliant, wasn't he? He was like, so good. And like, what good. an incredible Great story. story. Yeah. Like, what was yeah. it, 12, 12 promotions in 23 years? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, that, that is the dream, mm. right? As a, for a fan. But then financially, it gets to a, a point where it's either a burden or it's never ending. And the amount of people that we speak to in different circles, you always say to them, the last thing me personally I would buy if I had a bottomless pit, it would be a football club. It'd be mm. the last thing. Just I from think, seeing how it all works inside and yeah, from from seeing that, I think if you if you, like, unless you're like, like a Champions League like monster club, obviously you're going to lay out a lot of money, but yeah. you'll, you you probably recruit that. But I think I think m more often than not, people are going into it like football's a passionate business, and like if you're a businessman, you make a few quid, you go into it. I think it's a surefire way to lose money. Yeah, yeah but it's, I'm just fascinated by the different types of owners, and you look at. Um, Oh, who's the lad? Did the auction? Sold to, oh, the, to um, the fat bastard, David Dickinson. <laughs> no, not David Dickinson. <laughs> oh, um, Barry Fry. Barry Fry. Uh, yeah, right. So you have Barry Fry too, and then let's say Abramovich, right? Yeah. And um, when Bridgie was on, you weren't here, Sid, for yeah. that one. And Bridgie was on. I'm sure you heard it though. And um, when Bridgie was on, he was talking about you know how he was flown on a jet. It was like golden interior filled with girls and he was injured and it was like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just there and it's crazy how different the ownership the can be of football clubs. But with different owners, you get certain perks as well. So I'm sure you could have got a free, free Am Amstrad if you wanted. Yeah, I think, to I think, I think we did. I think we did. So Roman, um, in the early days, he whoever got player of the year at Chelsea, um, he'd given his boat. What you'd get like you a got couple Roman's, of days on the got Roman's yacht, the bit, the big about, bastard, yeah, one. for a week. So John, wow. John JT was definitely on there. I think Joe Cole had it as well. Lamps has been on there. Yeah, and uh, I think it was at that time you could near enough maybe sort of say where you wanted to go, and it was just down to you to get up there, and you could take. Isn't that mad? Huh? Imagine <laughs> that a perk cool. for getting Player of the Year. That's insane, isn't it? A week on his yacht. And you think when you were young and you were playing football and it might be a happy meal or something to go well, from that? Well, it was. It was. My dad used to take me to McDonald's straight up if I played well. Yeah. To, to, to Which the, one? Target roundabout? Uh, yeah, usually Target. Yeah, yeah. Hagerlane. Yeah. <laughs> Target Hagerlane. League McDonald's, that one. <laughs> yeah, standard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, that is, that is madness, isn't that it? Is mad, isn't it? Pegasus. Yeah. That what it's called? Big dog? Oh, is that what it is? Now, isn't he? Well, it's octopus, I think. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I say he's got a few now. He, he had a few. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah. But but the the way owners can be generous yeah. as well to try and motivate players is interesting. Do you remember with yeah. Leicester mm -hmm. and that suddenly they went out into the car park and there was all a, those blue, BMW's. blue BMWs, yeah. wasn't there? For yeah. every, I assume every member of the squad. Yeah. I always think it's tricky if you're on the peripherals of the squad. Do you Isn't know what it? I mean? Isn't like, it? if you're buying up the BMWs, do you buy one for you know third choice goalie? Or yeah. How <laughs> do, do they get in? I think I think I think everyone's so happy. <laughs> I think third choice gets in there, hundred percent. That's, I think he gets that's one. That's mad, though, isn't it? 
Yeah, they all got watches and stuff, didn't they? Watches. Yeah. Yeah. They were getting pizzas, obviously, regularly. They got treated. I quite like that. But that was more a manager decision than yeah. it was an owner Clean sheet, decision. Yeah, because that brings it back to what it was, you yeah. know, the, the sort of the Sunday league vibe of, you know, a nice little Ooh. little treat, food treat. But the BMWs is a madness. The, the, the owner thing, like, I think I think lots of people get caught up in it all, like, uh, you know, because it's, it's so... When you see how passionate the fans are, and I think it's easy maybe to overspend and, uh, you know, get caught up in, oh, we need this player and we're going to get the Champions League. Yeah. Like it, it's a hard, it's a tough business to be in. What for, a, for being an owner? Yeah. yeah. Like well, the, I remember when we, when I was at Brighton, we the year that we got promoted from the Championship to the Premier League for the first time, we got into the owner early, Tony Bloom, about going taking us to Vegas. We was like, yeah, that running joke when he comes down to the dressing room sometimes, or if he's around the training ground, it's a bit like, look, if we do it, can we, are we gonna gonna get a trip out? Of this? Is he the man in Vegas? Obviously, yeah, his, his gambling oh, is, yeah. is what he's... Yeah, we, he, he took us to Vegas. He took us to Vegas. And, he, and the actual <laughs> fact, he didn't just take us. He took, he, he took the entire squad, all the staff, the board. I think there was about 65 that went. And he paid for that. <laughs> really? he, he sort of paid for the whole lot. Um, he gave us our allowance for our nights, the, like, our days out and our nights and... That was all sorted out. Got an allowance for the nights out. Well, he went to me, look, Sidders, obviously you're a, a pro at organising this. Uh, do you want to price up the, the nights? I was like, <laughs> I got the green light. So, uh, yeah. Well, tell me how you price up a night like that. Well, so I've, I've got two guys that, that work out there. Um, that every time we go, we just tell them what we want and they organise the nights out at certain um, clubs. Okay, but if I'm the guy, right, I'm your guy there. I've yeah, got so keys the to the sea. I know everyone yeah. now. I know, I well, know everyone. Oh, well, tell what me, was, what do you want? So sense? I called him up and I was Puddings? Like, <laughs> <laughs> 200 quid on puddings. So basically, he was like, right, look, when, when, he wants to know where, what time, when are we getting in, when are we leaving, where do we want to go? And he'll sort all the clubs. How many people, how many sort of tables do we need, one or two? Um, what's the budget? And it yeah. was a kind of a Big budget. Good budget? It was, a, it was a heavy budget. Was it? It was a, it was a great budget. That's so good. Um, yeah, we're Did he come himself? We're talking six figures. Who? The Tony Bruce. Yeah, yeah. So he's out there. He, he organised a poker game for us all. So to, obviously, he wanted that was, his, that was his bread and butter, wasn't it? The gambling. And he could see he was just excited. All the lads being there, you would everyone to have a great night. So, um, wow. yeah, I was organising stuff that was just crazy. Mm. Like for the, we organised a night for all the players and then we organised one for everyone. And we, uh, I got them to play, when we entered this club, I got them to play the Sussex by the Sea, the oh, Brighton right, song, yeah. for the chairman to walk into and all our, stu- all our stuff was on the screens. And You organised that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I organised it and he paid wasn't for it. it. But for mm, probably gosh. the right reasons. A little bit parched. Yeah. A little bit yeah, parched. Yeah. <laughs> but then um, we, we, yeah, he flew home the day before because <laughs> we had the big parade on the Sunday and I convinced him if we could stay one more night and he let us stay one more night. So you were like an owner whisperer as well. They sort of. Well, I mean, I was I was the experienced one in the Ooh. dressing room. Did you? Did anyone off the pitch? Did anyone part? Anyone give you the part shout or not? No, they know. <laughs> they know not to. But they, they sent know. you to the owner. Generally speaking, it was. Yeah, I was organising a lot. Yeah, there's a good relationship with him. Have you seen? You He's know, great. When, they, when they went up, have you seen the video of of the beach? I've seen you showed me was singing the, the song yeah. to Sids. Yeah, since yeah. I do you know his song. Yeah. yeah, I do. And do you know I get it tagged on socials occasionally Great as song, well. It? It's something about people's wives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, I'd let you shake my wife. Have you heard it? 
Can you just sing God, it twice? Sing it. Give us a rendition oh, of it. Oh, come on, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to do it? No, no, no. no, no. It's, it's it right. basically just goes, Oh, Stevie Sidwell, you are the love of my life. Oh, Stevie Sidwell, I'll let you shake my wife. Oh, Stevie Sidwell, I want ginger hair to... <laughs> <laughs> The belter, uh, mate. When it's crazy, when everyone sees it, I mean, it, it does get a bit of traction. So but the weird thing is, is that obviously you're looking to the crowd and you're just sort of half giggling and half smiling, and you'll see someone there with his missus <laughs> next to it, and he's half sort of uh, as a trophy. Look at if she is, <laughs> yeah. And like, bless her, she's singing away as well. And you're like, you know, it's it's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> such a good I don't song. know where to go with that. We need to. We need no, to, to um, I was. I done a game with him. I done a game with him, and like we're on telly, and I could need about hundred. That's two hundred people. You can hear it going. Oh, trying to keep a straight face. No, so you still get it. You can see the girls, yeah. Right, everywhere it goes, yeah. They still so sing it now, apparently, on the um, on their European away days in the pubs. Yeah. Oh, great song. Yeah, that's amazing. It's good. It's a, listen, it's a great club. Great owner, Tommy Bloom. And uh, so that was on the first year we went up. Anyway, the year that we was in the, in the Prem, we went, we went again, didn't we? We went for it. We said, look, uh, owner, if we stay up, can, can we go again? And uh, he said top 12. Top 10. He said top 10. If you get top 10. So obviously we didn't make top 10, but he still took us. Oh. Oh. He still took us again. I don't wow. know if you've learned a lesson there then. Do you think that was wrong move of him? What taking us again? Well, because you've gone top ten, you failed in that, and he's taken you anyway. No, because I think they got top ten the year after. Oh, fair. Chumbawambad. Chumbawambad it. Big Chumbawambad. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's down to the Vegas trip. But he sounds like he sounds like a top owner. Did you no. ever get an insight into what into is you know is is you know the stats, the, the data, so anal analysis? People that don't know, obviously, the Brighton, the way that it's run, it's model, it's all done on stats. His background is obviously betting. It's all stats. It's um, mm. it's really it's, interesting. It's heavily it? numbers based, uh, even to their recruitment and that money ball system mm. where they get players in that are not high profile, but their numbers are high. And uh, listen, it works. Yeah, did you know about all this? You know? No, not really. And Matthew Benham, it was, was worked with him, you know, right. and and then he he split and took over Brentford, and Brentford's run on the same model. And ah. if you look at Brentford and Brighton's success in the last few, few years, you know, and, and, and it's it's obviously something they're doing. Yeah, you know I mean? for, look from a Watford point of view, yeah. you I don't want to say jealous, but you mm. sort of see a route that you would have loved to have seen because both, both those clubs, clubs it wasn't you know yeah. dissimilar. To yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. It is interesting, and it's working at the moment. Um, but yeah, I mean, the money that they've bought players for four million, five million, yeah, sold yeah. them for fifty-five, sixty. You look at the, I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I see, and they're just, they're just consistently like coming in. And but he's a great guy. He's an owner that always. He's not in all the time. You would he did, very rarely did he come down on game day, but he would come in at the right times. Do you think it's important for players to have good relationships with owners or is it not necessary? I don't think it's necessary personally. No. I, th I think it's a nice thing to have if you've got a good relationship with an owner. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessary. Your day-to-day -day is the, the manager. And I guess from an owner's point of view though, where it does come in handy if you have that personal relationship is where you're wanting to say extend one of your lads 
you know, for a further contract or, yeah. or even bring you into the club in the mm. first place, mm. that personal relationship can mean something to you mm. if they tie it in with the right things in your life, like mm. whether it's family mm. or mm. or even location or our ambitions. Yeah, but, you know, quite often they have people running. And, and obviously when you go to the higher you go, I mean, a lot of the, 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 the owners, you don't see them. You, know? mm. you look, at, look at Tottenham and Joe Lewis, you know, like you don't very rarely see them. Everyone thinks, you know, Daniel Levy's the... The figurehead of it all, but you know Joe Lewis is the owner. You know, what I mean, yeah. and you don't you don't really see that. You just assume everything. You just Daniel Levy is the kind of poster boy and the and the owner in that scenario. Did, that, did you go on his boat? On did his, you have that trip? Did Joe you have Lewis. That trip to end of the end of season one at Spurs. No, I didn't do was it. You no. not there? No. He took everyone to the Bahamas, didn't he? I think there was a few that was playing up on that mm. one. Oh really? Yeah. In the Bahamas. Yeah. I mean, like I think they wanted to get out the club. Ah, so. What better way of causing havoc on the owner's oh, boat? Oh, so you go, so, so, right, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, cause a scene in front of the owner. I've never thought of it that way, man. Business, isn't it, isn't it mad that now, like, it's, like, a lot of the stuff's done on super yachts. Like, yeah. you know, it used to be kind of, I remember meeting Stan Turnant um, at Burnley in the um, Little Chef in the <laughs> M6. Like, like, you know, that was t- 2000 when I was in the side. And, you know, just, it's just mad that, like, you hear a lot about it, you know, Luca Modric on on Abramovich's mm-hmm. boat. You know what I mean? And is that true? Did, did did stuff get sorted on that? Do you think on that boat? Yeah, I think loads get sorted on yeah, that yeah, boat. Yeah. yeah, how can you say no? I think, bought, this I think thing, he bought the club on the it's boat. It's a power play, isn't it? Because you're in their world. You're in this. this you you can't. You're in their zone. It's a bit like you know when you go to parents' evening at your kid's school and they put you on the little chair. Mm. You're in their zone. Do you they know what I mean? They purpose, they, they? That's what I mean. That's the same as Abramovich, mm. just you know, slightly different scenario. But yeah, just yeah, come in, sit down, lobster thermidor. You know, it's a bit of the you know the whole shebang. You know what I mean? And then you're having to just sort of play it cool, but act on their level. Mm. A bit like the parents' evening, you're sat on the kids' chair, you're down below there, looking up at the teacher. Suddenly they got you. Yeah, <laughs> slightly, yeah, slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, have you have either of you ever been in that situation where you're in front of an owner who is persuading you to 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 stay, and you think that they're kind of pulling one of these power moves on you? Oh, they're re- taking you to a nice <coughs> restaurant. I have talked about this before. I'd drive down to Rupert Lowe's house, didn't yes, I? Yes, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 Rupert Lowe at, at Southampton, yeah, because he he kind of said that I was staying, and I, Liverpool just come in for me, and I found it. I found it difficult to take really, just been relegated, and they just won the Champions League, and so I thought it's probably my only shot really to get to play for a club that's just won the Champions League, you know? So, yeah, I had to drive to his house and he was in the garden. I had to walk around. He didn't answer the door. You know, <gasps> I, to, I walked around the back and he just read the paper. No way. I'm um, in his house because he wasn't answering the phone. What was he wearing? Uh, <laughs> just had a little pair Love of chinos. Love it, Derby was out. Yeah. He just sitting there. <laughs> 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 He's reading the paper. Hello, Pete. He just put me top on. <laughs> to be fair to him, he was, he, was good as, he was good as gold. He was, you know, it was... Had to work out. He's, he said he did had no service. He's down in the Cotswolds. She went to his garden. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
That's amazing, that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I met Freddie Shepard when I, I was going to sign for Newcastle before I signed for Chelsea. And I met Freddie. They took us, they took us up to Newcastle first. They had this big stately home out in the sticks. Really nice. They went to the stadium, come back, and then I met him again in the Hilton Hotel in Park Lane, up in the penthouse up, upstairs. But it was one that I, I knew I was going to have to... It's another power play, isn't it? But they like you could have just you. gone to a normal room. Yeah, they've put that for you, haven't they? That's I, the I, no, I think it's one of them. I think that was his... Whenever he's in town, that was his room. Yeah, but, you, yeah, but even so, even if it was, like, it's an odd one. Do, do you know what I mean? He's bringing you up to the... I mean, it's like his bedroom. Like, it's like you could just meet down the road, couldn't yeah. you? Could meet anywhere. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I met Martin O'Neill once. I know he's not an owner; he's a manager. But I met him at the services on the M40. <laughs> mm. uh, Did you? Yeah, is it is it Beaconsfield? Beaconsfield? Yeah, Beaconsfield. First one out. And yeah. best services in the world. It's a good yeah. service. I, I mean, literally, you would have thought he would have picked. Like, we got there. He got there first, and he picked the table as soon as you go in double doors on the right. Yeah. So it wasn't a discreet one <laughs> in front of everyone. Oh, like, mate, it's, the, it's right in the middle. Well, it's Martin O'Neill, you? Yeah, I thought we were going to go somewhere else and we just sat there. Yeah, but that's, I reckon, did Martin O'Neill want people to see? Because if you, there's the, that's the opposite almost of the penthouse thing is like, where's the busiest place that we could have a conversation? Yeah. It's mm. the middle of Beaconsfield services. <laughs> yeah, it's Isn't true, it? Yeah. Like, you might want yeah. it to He get wants caught. you to be seen having that discussion. Yeah. Yeah. He's a voyeur. It's not as <laughs> He's got people in that little <laughs> pond bit out there. Uh, photo, photos. Oh they're God, they're watching it. from the bushes. Whoa, it's not mate. as if I'm inconspicuous either, is yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Got this flashing Do you think he just knocks around that services? Is that his thing? If I, I went he's, down he's there. He's around there. Yeah, I think he lived in that area. It was Wickham, wasn't he? He, yeah, was like, he's, so he's, he, oh, he so managed Wickham for, yeah. for a long time. So Stone I think he probably, lives that, he probably lives that way. Yeah, yeah. he could have travelled a bit further, couldn't he, really? So he's go to his... He'd go down right. He's probably travelled five minutes. Yeah. And he didn't want to come to his house. <laughs> yeah, it, there's something a little bit of fairy about that. Well, that was it. I, when we stayed the holiday in Trimble holiday in on in Stoke, Stoke yeah. well, so we used to stay there before games. Sometimes, like it was just so local and it was just like close to the training ground, close to the Mate, ground. You had us stay there one day. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 did, we recorded it there. We did a podcast in there. <laughs> <laughs> the holiday, the holiday in. But like that was a big part of my life, the holiday in Stoke on Trent. And then somebody, I don't know, if, you know, we should even say this. There's probably loads of people having affairs there. But oh, someone yeah. said it was the most affairs of any hotel yeah. in the UK because it's so easy to get to from everywhere, straight up the motorway. Is it a middle point? Straight, it's it's like, right in the middle. Stoke is the middle. Well, point. I'm saying, yeah. like, if you're from Birmingham, if you're from Manchester, yeah. it's uh... and it's a great road in. You know, you're straight in. Well, straight up the M6, is it? And then straight, mm. straight in there. Those hotels and service stations. Straight in though, there. Right up there. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, the four of the buggers. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Right up there, mate. The, the hotels and right service stations are quite... Um, whenever you see them, they look like... Well, I, I've never stayed in one of them. Have you? I'm sure, they're, I'm sure they're lovely hotels. You know, the, you, know the, you know that service station hotel? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen them. Like, like a, is it like a Ramada Inn or something? Yeah, like they just yeah. tag onto the back. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know if it's... My, my thoughts are, I'm sure they're lo they are lovely hotels. I don't think they are, but My Chris. thing is, if you're staying at a service station, you're probably five, ten minutes from one that isn't on the motorway. Yeah. So I, I don't, I've never really... I get it with if, if you're a lorry driver. No, and I don't. You, like, you pull I don't, over. Because, you know no, because they've got... Straight away, but a lot of them have got great setups in uh, lorries. They sleep in the lorries, don't they? Like yeah. the curtains mm. and that. Who's staying in them? That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. I mean, maybe it is lorry drivers. But, I don't know but, anyone but, who stays in them. No, yeah. I mean, it can't be lorry drivers. Sure, they got good rigs, haven't they? They they're rigged up. 
They've got amazing rigs there. What if they get in each other's trucks and go, let's have a look at your rig? <laughs> yeah, they take a lot. Of, some of them you see at night, they're like all lit up and everything inside yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, they drive awesome. through. Oh, I, I don't know. I've, I've always wondered about those hotels. Goes on there. By the way, we should say we're not claiming here Martin O'Neill was having an affair. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, definitely just not. to clear no, that. No, one no, no. He lives close yeah. by. Um, that, but, was a re- that was one of the weird. Well, that, I think that was the weirdest place I'd met. A manager or an owner. Yeah. Beckettsford Services. Yeah. Doesn't... Yeah. Uh, I I hear what you're saying. Um, And it's interesting, isn't it, when you're in front of these people. That's what I found interesting about the Elton chat as well, when he talked about doing the team talk. and, And in a way, why I wish he was still part owner or joint owner at Watford is it would be so hard to say no to him. Like, if you boys were in a room with Elton John and he was still that involved mm. in the club and he said, come sign for Watford. Would be hard. It's, yeah. it's tricky to say no yeah. to that, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's... I mean, I don't think you can say no to an owner. I mean, even if the... Uh, say Elton there would have said to Graham Taylor. Graham Taylor was manager, wasn't he? Yeah. Then mm. about the... With the FA Cup final. Yeah, what, yeah. So, yeah. so it was Elton... So imagine if Elton would have said to Graham, Graham look, I want to come down and speak to the lads. Not asking if, if that's okay. Mm. Do you reckon? I mean, Graham might have actually said, "I don't think that's right." He might have stood up against him because he was that character. Mm. But I think if most owners say to the manager, "I'm going to come down and speak to the players," I don't think many managers would go against that. Mm. Mm. I think Graham might have done. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I don't think many would. No. And then, how many owners would listen to the manager as well to not? Yeah. Whether they say something or not, like there's obviously like mutual respect, special there. bond, isn't I, it? I told you about my my Doug Ellis uh, incident where I met him for the first time. I signed for Aston Villa, and I was go- I went to the Villa Park, and uh, I went in, and they apparently does it with all the new signings. Or I used to do it with all the with the old signings. It was um, I just have five minutes with Doug and the secretary. I, on the way in there, um, secretary was like, she, she done that face to me like. Good luck. Oh, wow. <laughs> like that. And I went, okay. Yeah. Went in. And uh, to be honest, he's just so passionate about football. Mm. And like, you could just see it straight away. He just wanted to tell, he just wanted to talk to you about football. And just thought, mm. you know what, this is great. And he chatted chatted about it. And um, yeah, he just told us that he invented the overhead kit. Oh, that was it. <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying that. was years. it. Yeah, it was great amazing. One. And I was like, pardon? He said, uh, yeah, 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 I invented it. <laughs> okay. And then he said, um, yeah, I just the one day I was playing and uh, the ball went out and I thought, I can't hit that. And I'd done this thing and uh, it was the overhead kick. Yeah. And if I went, what's that? And I went, it's the overhead kick. <laughs> Can we talk Daniel Levy as well? Mm. Uh, kind of, we've, we've spoken about him a few times on the podcast. And I think where we've spoken about him before, I then got a lot more context when I watched the All or Nothing documentary mm. and we saw how he deals with the managers, how he deals with the players, how he deals with Mourinho, for example, and their relationship. Yeah. We sort of briefly touched on the relationship between owner and manager. Um, where should we start with this guy? Well, I think, I think with, with, with him, I think that, you know, there's a lot of negativity around him. Mm. Um, but there, he, he has... He's a businessman, right? A, a very ruthless kind of um, very successful businessman. And, and I think he runs Tottenham like a business. And um, I think what he's done with the football club as a business has been nothing short of incredible. Yeah, because it's sometimes been levelled at him that he doesn't invest enough to make Tottenham compete. So my issue my they... issue with that is he's a businessman. So I, mm. I don't think he knows enough about the, pl- the playing side of, of things. And I don't think... 
I think that's probably where it kind of he lets himself down. I think where the fans are getting are getting irate is because he's not invested. No, well, he has invested maybe, but like the, the players haven't been right. Um, you know, there's been there has been issues kind of on the field with some of the decisions and the footballing decisions, and even the hiring of some of the. Um, directors of football or people to oversee the footballing side of it I don't think they've been right either so there has there has been issues but you know if you look at the stadium you look at the training ground you look at the infrastructure around everything apart from on the pitch highly successful mm. yeah I think that's where you got to give him credit and other owners that support the club as well because is that like to be emotionally involved in the football club where you support them but you've got to run it as a business I mean, listening to the head and the heart, he obviously listens to his head more than his heart, but how hard must that be? Are you what, to own and support a club? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were making business calls. I remember when, just going back really quickly to, to Brighton, I remember when um, Brighton stayed up for the first year. Uh, the day after, Chris Shooton, they, they sacked Chris Shooton the day after we stayed up. Mm. He went into that meeting, I spoke to him after, he went into that meeting thinking they're going to go in for talks for the new year, the new the next season targets, and they said to him, "We're we're letting you go." Mm. He, he couldn't believe it. Yeah. So how yeah, hard must it have been for the board, the owner, mm. to do that? Knowing obviously then that Graham Potter come in and they've you know it was a probably correct decision, yeah, but yeah. at that time he'd done how control. hard is that? Yeah. Imagine you own in Watford, and you've got yeah. to make decisions. Well, that's it. Going back to Elton, I guess he that's what he was saying. Sort of moved him away from that with the football yeah. club like he needed to separate the two yeah so he could enjoy it and mm. you don't want to necessarily he didn't say this but you don't you don't want to pick up all the criticism and negativity of owning a football club that you love and support and are trying to help because of business decisions you are making mm. and then we've obviously learned from elton i can't remember if he said this in the interview or, or around it when we were talking to him that he's still involved in the club, you know, and he, mm. he did say about doing a bit of scouting yep. and that, and the emails mm. a lot. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't know on that front. I think, it, I think it must be a very conflicting situation to be both an owner, but re like, mm. I think, I think the problem like this day and age now as well is like when we sort of see this massive problem like we've seen with the, with the Glazers. Obviously, it's just like feels, feels so kind of toxic up there, doesn't it, at the moment? Um, then you've got people like Peter Coates, who we mentioned before, like yeah. someone who's a fan just bought the club because he just absolutely loves it. And yeah. You can tell yeah. how passionate he's about it. And if anything, he's, he's probably lost a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, whereas the Glazers are, it feels like they are, they've got, a, you know, probably the, one of the biggest clubs in the world mm. and, are, and are kind of stripping it, you know. But do you think from an owner's point of view, if either of you owned a, a football club like that, fans expect more transparency than ever? Or there's an accountability that comes from the fact so much stuff's online and you can dig into accounts and you can, you know, yeah. people can be seen and photographed. And do, do you get what I mean? There's yeah. much more that actually is very hard to probably know as an owner what you do in the best interest of the club and then what you put in front of the fans and, and, and you yeah, know, yeah. The way I equate this to is like if you're like the Glazers, right? You, you, you're you American, right? You have no real understanding of football or soccer yeah you know you come in and you see a business that is thriving and you know, how much money can i make out of this and that is exactly how they see it and i think if you're a businessman from england and you go over and you 
acquire yeah. the Boston, whatever socks they are, you know, <laughs> you go get them <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you buy them and, and, and you, have no, you have no allegiance to them. Mm. You're like, I just need to make a few quid here and then I'll get back to, to England. And that's, you know, so that's, the, that's the separation, isn't it? And I that, think that's where it is. The fans' main thing, obviously, is that the club is financially well ran, but they're supporting the football club. They're not supporting just a business. Yeah. And that's where it seems to, to fall apart. You can't, for, you can't protest someone into loving the club. No. They're never going to love it. They, yeah. they, they, I don't think they have any interest, you know, and I think that's plain to see. Mm. They're there to make money. That's what, that's, uh, I think, what... What the majority of these of these owners are, are there to do? Mm. Do you know? Whenever I think about owning a football club or owners that have been there, I always think about them watching games, and then you know, like players that are not trying. Oh, so yeah. imagine you own a football no. club, you I'd give really someone, and there's big wages as well. We're talking astronomical, like millions of pounds worth a year, and they're not trying. Oh, and I've that, seen it yeah. from the other side in the dressing rooms. Yeah, right? How many yeah. times you see it yeah. every but club that's what I mean. At. How can it not be personal? And that's the thing when you say about just objectively looking at the business, I can't understand how these humans, it can just be that because even from a financial point of view, you must then care, like really but care you've seen about it, these players. You, how many times have you seen it where you there's a big contract and it's down to it's down yeah. to It happens all the time. And players, and you know that we've been in dressing rooms with them and you look at them and you go like, I, I can't understand it. Sid can't yeah. understand it, but we look and go like, what are you, you Have either of you ever had a conversation from an owner that has said, look, step it up a little bit? No, no, no. I've never. Not no. from the owner. Mm. Not, not, not for like, you know, I remember obviously, we, I've talked about this before when Milan Mandrich came down and just said he wasn't paying us for the month because oh, yeah. we hadn't won. Um, That's I, incredible. I, 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 kind of, I kind of got it. I was like, well, yeah, we've been shit. And, and like, but I know you can't do that. <laughs> You've got a contract mm. that states you can't. But, but threat. You, Carries yeah, a you, lot of wait, though, you haven't it? won you haven't done your job so I'm not paying you do you think there could ever be a football team created that is ran like that uh, well the American model makes like is mad I think like you could say right you're moving now like your contract you've got a contract but it's, that's gone you're going to live in traded you know else. Atlanta mm. I find that bizarre what's the point of having a contract soccer though do they no, I think no, it's I mean, like American, American football, football yeah, isn't it? Yeah, in baseball. Well, baseball, yeah, is it? Yeah. yeah. But then right. the idea of a draft is interesting as well, I think. Yeah. yeah like if you introduce that with some big players in football, that could that could change up the league. Well, you're trying, to, you're trying yeah. to even it up a bit. Well, that's it. I'm, I, don't, I don't like it. I Sorry. <laughs> I'm a bit... I'm old school here, but I like the kind of... I like the way our system is. Like, all that no relegation and all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. the football pyramid is what the football's been built on. And also the, the the draft and all that. Like everyone loves a transfer window, and like we, the way we do. Yeah, but it's not good. everyone can afford in a transfer window increasingly. Yeah. So I, imagine I, I we could sign that. a Peter Crouch out, and then you come along. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's great. That. Yeah. 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 No. No. Like you know, if you what Erling Haaland could get drafted for like Luton. That is. Do <laughs> you imagine? How that? do you how do you not like that? I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, I'm coming around to it now. Yeah, no, but I, I just I, I don't want to mess up our game, and I'm what I worry that if it goes all a bit American, it, it could happen. I agree with that. But, 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 but ranking, ranking the players would be an interesting process in itself, right? Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know how the draft works. So I'm sorry I've no about idea. That, and then, are they all kind of American? Do you know what I mean? So if, like like you say, there might be an amazing player in at Barcelona and mm. coming through, like Haaland was. Obviously, you know, for Leipzig or whatever, you know, if you. 
you know, you can't draft them in, can you, mm. if he's at a club? Like, how, how would it work? It, it would be interesting and it would be a massive shake-up because if you look at when the Premier League started, you go back to Jack Walker at Blackburn, Man United, the, the McManus. Mm. Every, every team that's won have basically been the richest, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Even mm. when Leicester, they had a lot of money behind them when yeah. Leicester won. Although they weren't favourites to win at all, mm. they had a lot of backing and there's some good players that was on mm. big money. Yeah, that, that Blackburn scenario, that was the first one I remember when I went, whoa. Because they were pumping some serious Well, stuff. like three and a half million for, for, for Shearer, like obviously it's peanuts now, yeah. right? But I was like, wow. And then they went, bang, another five for Chris Sutton. Well, they've, they, there's and like, it was, I couldn't a, believe it at the time. And then Andy Cole went for seven. Mate, there's some stats here. So Alan Shearer, Blackburn, 92, 93. The original fee, fee was 3.3 million. Yeah, I remember The it. inflation rate now. He was sold for 15, wasn't he? 106 million quid. Yeah, but you know what, Shearer, like prime Shearer, right? You're yeah. you're talking thirty Premier League goals a season. He's Guaranteed. more than he's more than hundred million, I say, Shearer. Yeah. Oh, so this is good. Sorry, I didn't understand this one, Sid. So it's they've adjusted the price to yeah yeah. So nowadays, a good inflation. Yeah. Oh, so they've almost answered this argument of what would it be in today's money. Yeah, but yeah, that's, right. that's, that's, oh, what she, uh, that's what correct you're saying there. Three, they they paid three point three million for Alan Shearer from Southampton ninety two ninety three. That would be worth one hundred six yeah. now. I mean, he's worth more than that. I, I mean, I get what I, you're saying. That's, say that's so. what that fee is actually worth. But well, the, the, like... the, the discussion there is, um, you know, there's a discussion between Alan Shearer and Harry Kane, like who's better, right? And what did Harry Kane go for? Eighty, was it? I think it was. In his 30s. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. 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 So, but you're you're Alan Shearer here. I'm sure when he went to Blackburn, he was like 24, 25. So imagine a 20, 24 year old, 25 year old Harry Kane. Yeah, that's you're two, right. That's 200 million. You're right. It's yeah. 200 million, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we're looking in hindsight of what he done, yeah, that yeah. guaranteed money, a guaranteed goals, yeah, a million percent. But it, I, I, I can see, I know what you're saying, Chris, there's, there's something there, isn't there, to stop this, whoever's got the most money wins the league. Yeah, I'm saying that I, I agree. I think there's something nice that season on season you build, and but what you run the risk of... I think at the moment, if it heads the way it seems to be heading without any limitations is, look at the inflated prices we're talking about here. £200 million for a player, £250 million for a player. Like, teams can't, will, it will just separate. It will be a, a league of its own. Yeah, you, say, you say that, but the, league, the league's better than ever now, isn't it? Like, well, this, this season has been like quite Brighton, wacky races. Brighton, it, Brentford, actually. Villa, Newcastle. I know Newcastle's slightly different, maybe. <laughs> Owner-wise, but, yeah. but you know the, 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 the league is the league is good. But having yeah. said that, the three at the bottom are like other ones that came That's up. That's the difference. Mm. Yeah. And mm. I don't know how it would work because if say Harlem was at Luton, ha who pays for that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the whole point is they're they're big sums, aren't it's they? The league, There's money that's it? attached to it. Whether you enforce them to go there, I don't know if they're on Luton money. Yeah, I think obviously because the Premier League's so high profile, it's the that's what is. Um, you know the spotlights on all the time but you know there's been so much kind of mismanagement in the football league you know look at, at Leighton Orient of Derby County um, you know Portsmouth yeah, Swindon, uh, Swindon yeah. did, you know did, if, Macclesfield you know Berry, um, Berry going out of business you know yeah. our, you know George who used to produce this, this podcast mm. uh, shout out to him um, you know his team's Berry. they don't exist anymore 
Yeah, and it was so sad yeah. watching that unfold. And, and obviously, we knew a lot about Barry via George. And it was kind of like week in, week out. You sort of expect these things to get resolved. Just think this will get resolved. Reading, current Reading affairs. Even yeah. Everton, you know, I mean, Everton in the Premier League, and they, yeah. you know, they, 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 they've just been deducted ten points. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's the fans that suffer, and it's that's that's sad, and and that has to change. Fans that suffer, even people that have worked there for like twenty, thirty years, they're losing their jobs. Mm. You know, like people that have worked in the kitchens or cleaning or around the training ground, staff at the stadium, like they're they they're there for life, aren't they? Mm. But how do you solve then, that? I'd actually love, like, genuinely, if you're listening to this right now and you know how to solve this, mm. um, let us know. And I really am not saying that as a kind of flippant thing, as in I don't understand most of what is going on in the mm. in the skeleton of a club mm. to stop this kind of thing or the things that you could put mm. in place for example should all football clubs be half owned by the fans like is there a way to make that work is there a different model that could be applied that makes this i, th- I think different? we should we should all we should kind of get, cover all, all bases with this so like obviously there's a situation here we've got uh, scunthorpe united right let me read this one to you. Uh, Scunthorpe, Scunthorpe United uh, owner David Hilton held the club to ransom. Any fan given any sort of criticism on Twitter was issued a stadium ban. Scunthorpe also had to vacate their ground halfway through the season as previous owner Peter Swan still owned the ground and forced them to stop playing the matches there. To add to all of this, Hilton passed the owner's test despite previously serving time in prison for 15 counts of fraud. Mm. So how, how, is it, how do, you, do yeah. you get to, to own a football club? When you've yeah. had 15 counts of fraud. Well, because there's a regulatory, isn't there, with the FA about a fit and, is it the fit and proper fit and owner's proper. test? Yeah. And, yeah, so you're right. How was that got through? It, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it's, it's fine when it, when it, at the start when everyone's like, you know, spending money, but like, you know, if you get relegated, you know what happens then and... It yeah, is. and I imagine debt on stadiums and leveraging stadiums yeah. for club finances. So if it does go south your stadium's potentially going. Mm. I think what's hard about this from a football fan's point of view is it's very complicated. There's accountancy stuff that most football fans, I count me as like, as as one of these people that just do not understand it all. And it's hard because as a football fan, you want transparency, but then from a football club point of view to keep the business PR, I guess, and all of that, which helps the football club hold its value, that transparency is probably not something that is a, a good thing mm. <laughs> from mm. their point of view, from owner's point of view. And you have this fractious relationship and you have fans forums. For Some clubs do that and have mm. owners and fans meet, but sometimes they cause more problems because then mm. you have fans getting quite reductive answers to complicated questions mm. and and then those become headlines and clickbait in their own right that don't really sum up a story in mm. the detail that's needed from an owner's point yeah. of view do you see yeah, yeah. what i mean yeah and also you know for, for every you know bad owner whatever you know there is like the peter coaches of this world there are the people like delia smith um i have to say when i went on loan to norwich was like she was my mum's hero like she bought all her cookbooks ever since <laughs> i've known that uh, genuinely and uh i just i remember delia had a, like a lounge i remember saying uh do you mind if my mum comes into me and she was like no get her in and all this and that and then she spoke to mum for like an hour about <laughs> recipes and gave her a book signed mum still got it um just a lovely lovely woman and a husband who was so nice as well and just a norwich in general as a club like you know it's mm-hmm. run by them you know and you know, it was and 
it's it's a nice place to play football and be and, and go and support, I think. And that's probably a lot down to, to Delia and her husband. Yeah. Uh, and Peter Coates the same. Yeah. You know, what, what, a, what, a great, yeah. what a great person. Here's one for both of you as well. Would either of you become owners of a football club at any level? Have you got any ambitions to? Pete, I know you were doing some stuff uh, mm. recently with... With Dulwich, wasn't mm, it? With Dulwich, Dulwich yes. And yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't. I don't think I could own. Has that put you off a bit? Bit. <laughs> it's fucking long, mate. It's tough. <laughs> Is it at that level as well? Yeah. Explain why. Just briefly explain um, why. Well, you know, I have to say, Ben is obviously the chairman uh, there. Like then, you know, has, has, has put his heart and soul into that. And Dulwich was basically the the. Um, Developers uh, try, uh, bought the ground basically, and then left them homeless. Um, but the conditions of that they fought for and fought for was that they build a stadium for them. So that that is in the offering. That is that will happen. But event, like, uh, one time they were going to lose their ground completely. You know, Ben stepped in as a fan to help out and ended up running it for mm. for as long as he did. And you know, I look at the day to day. You know. The, the, how much they have to do, how much they have to put in, how much time they have to put in. It's incredible, like, what they do. And obviously, you know, I, I tried to help out, like, a little bit. And, you know, I was a small part of it, but I was just kind of trying to raise awareness of that this is happening to football clubs. And especially after COVID, you know, like, there were so many factors that they, they couldn't generate money. And uh, and, and every day is a, is a fight to keep above water. Mm. And, you know, that is not not how you know, our football club should be run, you know what I mean? It's like, it should be a passion project. It should be, you know, this all runs itself and hopefully we win on a Saturday. It's like, if we don't win on Saturday, we're going to we're gonna fold. It's mm. like that every week. And it's like, I don't know how how you sustain that, you know, it's so hard to sustain. And I feel for these people, like, unless you've got a really rich owner, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. It doesn't add up. You're definitely not about that life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I, I love being involved and stuff like that. But for me to actually kind of, you know, throw all, all my, my money into it, all my time into it, like, it's, it's got to be your life twenty four seven. But that's an interesting problem, isn't it? Because football fans, everything about this podcast would, I'm sure people would be listening, going, yeah, it'd be great. Crouchy and Sid's teamed up and took over a football club, and it'd be great. There'd be great fun. moments. There'd be great, There'd be moments. great moments. Well, but the reality is, it's hard. So, so hard, yeah. and even you have if, to be even on if it. you have the money. Yeah, there's a, a time, a commitment. Yeah. A, there's a lot. And if you're not across it every single day, yeah, you, that 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 get pulled pulled away very quick. You look at the uh, the Wrexham lads. Mm. It looks like a little fairy tale. Looks great, you know, and they make it look like it's enjoyable, but you can. Day to day stuff, mate. Is, yeah. is, is, and then you know the next one that's going to be interesting to watch: uh, Croydon Athletic, Wilf Sahar and Stormzy. Mm. Oh, mm. Yeah, because they yeah, that be yeah, good. of course. Is that Disney is that a Disney one? Have I just made that up? Are they doing a Disney thing there potentially? Might be wrong. Is another horse whisperer? That's another horse whisperer. <laughs> all right well listen you know club owners it's a really interesting debate you go on about it all day yeah. uh, you know and everyone wants their, their club to be taken over by someone mega mm. um, you know look at Newcastle now like whatever you said at the start like they, uh, from a footballing point of view it's working um, yeah. regardless of your thoughts on the whole situation if you're a Newcastle fan you're enjoying it at the moment yeah um, and you know there is there is problems definitely at the bottom end of the of the league um you know, and it's it's hard to kind of sit here and say what how we address that, but 
you know, it does need. Well, addressing. send in your ideas. Like you've heard what we've got to say. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know on socials. You can find our socials. Make sure you're following, by the way, because we put lo- loads of stuff on there and loads of information about how you can get involved. Mm. So just find that Peter Crouch podcast on socials. And as always, you can drop us an email, peter.crouch at acast.com. Right. Uh, important business now. Um, I've just got the first Steve Sidwell s- uh, snowman. <laughs> Great. Know, what are your thoughts? Tis the season. <laughs> Can't what believe on this? someone has actually shaved a carrot. Someone's shaved the carrot. It's the belter. Carrot nose, <laughs> carrot hair, carrot top. It's got stood strong, stood the test of time. There, really uh, where's he gone for the snow? By the way, because I mean, snow is it? Yeah, there was snow um, earlier in December. Was yeah, there? All um, oh, right. Few bits of the yeah, UK. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of grass yeah, in the background, yeah. but this is a strong, strong, strong snowman. So it is, isn't it? Steve Sidwell, uh, isn't it? Built, built, built like a, built like a. quads like that, son. <laughs> oh, really? Got quads. Yeah, if you want to build a snowman and you have access to snow, um, just shave a carrot on shave top. Shave a carrot on yeah, top. Yeah, call it Steve. Um, <laughs> James, what up, mate? Uh, we got any other messages? Yeah, we've got a message from Nick. Uh, this is an interesting one, actually. <clears throat> How many players put a message on their Under Armour or undergarment and then don't score? And get banded in the dressing room after the game. I've <laughs> oh, always that is wondered. A good this. question, that is isn't a good it? One, that. Do you know what? Normally, the ones that do that, they've they've aligned it up with the the kit man, haven't they? Mm. And you, you don't really know, do you? They, they put it they on the secret. And they it, go yeah. to the toilet and they'll put it on. Try I've never seen it. someone do it. Put it on and you look at him going, "Oh, you better score to it." Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. what's that? What's he? What's he got on his undergarment? Try and hide it. Have I you think. seen it? I, yeah, I saw Bojan right, and uh, he. he he had it. He had one on, and it was in Spanish. I didn't know what it said. Yeah, but uh, I noticed like for two or three games, like what's he doing? <laughs> he just tried to slip it on, but he had a he had a slogan Stop. for ages. I don't think he ever released it. <laughs> <laughs> the best, uh, the best slogan. I might, I might have mentioned it before. Was um, Berbatov at Fulham? Have you, did, did keep you keep it? calm. Give me the ball. Yeah, that what it was. It was and obviously, one. we didn't know we had that on. So Keep he calm. He scored. So do you get... Do hey, when he took that off, what are your thoughts? Well, I think if you actually look at the video, we all go around and celebrate with him. And he, he, he didn't take his top off. He just pulled it up. Yeah. And then we jumped on his back. And then you see a few of us sort of like lean around and read it. And, you, and you're thinking, is he... Is he fuck, so, so fuck. <laughs> and, you, and you, you all just walk off. You, is he Did what? It's a bit did harsh you, now, did, isn't it? Did you basically like, saying everyone's shit. Yeah. <laughs> basically is, yeah. I think that was at a time. What did you where, think as players when they released um, that one? Yeah, I, I, I think in the game you just carry on with it, but then after when the dust has settled, I, I, I don't even know if we won that game. It was at home. I remember being at the cottage, um, but you are thinking he's mugging us off here. Big shout, that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if it causes an atmosphere, I don't really understand why he's done that. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. What, it didn't what was go the down point? Well. What, what self promotion? I think it was just. A, I don't think that was him being big headed because he's not like that. I think that was just him. Honestly, just saying, this is how you're meant to play football. Everyone just calm down. Even the fans, fans, calm yourself. Just relax. Just give me the ball and we'll be okay. Like, that was the way he was. That was his aura. Man. And then, but to say, keep calm and give, and give me the ball. So, the, so we done the Harlem Shake. This was just before the Harlem Shake, this, mm. that Berber done this. So when we done one, we said, right, let's I do it. I remember this one. And uh, did. it was good. It was amazing. Have you seen their Harlem? No, I've not seen oh, it. It was I'll incredible. Watch it. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. we got to get this one out on socials, uh, Sid. <clears throat> so here we go. 
Berber's standing there in the middle, not doing it on purpose, saying, keep calm. Oh, and do the Harlem. Keep calm, do the Harlem. Keep calm and do the Harlem. That's amazing. Which one are you in this, then? Oh, so I am... uh, Ah, it's funny. I'm this lunatic here with the... uh, The green? No, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, the wrestler. The wrestler one. With the the green. But the funny thing is, look look at Martin Yole. So Martin, this is Martin Yo with the pink wig and the panda face and the workman bib. <laughs> so was that after training, was it? Yeah, we just organised through that after training, yeah. They finally get upstairs do the Harlem shake. Anyway, it went viral. Anyway, really, it went down really well. It's yeah. great. So, uh, Super. Yeah. But there we go. So by then, the Berbatov stuff was settled. It was all fine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Tongue in cheek. It's, mm. such a question, shame. it's such a shame that you weren't, well, you aren't playing now. Because the puddings is massive reveal would just be, <laughs> imagine that on TV. Do you know what we need to do? I wonder if someone can score and lift up their shirt and have puddings is massive. If if that happened, because we say this to a few players when they come on, like uh, you know, it's passing the pod, it's all yeah. that. Sometimes they then follow through with it. Sometimes they don't. My only thing is with the shirt pulling up one, it relies on a striker, doesn't it? Because really, or it relies on someone who's going to mm. score. Yeah. It's harsh on defenders who come on. Goalkeepers, it's just weird if they take their top off, isn't it? To reveal so we the need message. to get into a, a striker now that's half decent, that scores quite regularly to see if we can get puddings is massive on. Or the where jersey. do you stand on? Doesn't matter what player scores, whoever it is that's on side with us goes up behind them and lifts it up anyway. So yeah, it's not yeah, even. It's, anyway. it's like, uh, I don't know, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's yeah. celebrating, but. Yeah. Mm, without even scoring. Yeah, but they haven't scored. Perfect. <laughs> I think it's even better. I think it's even better as well. I think if any pod can do it, it's yeah. this podcast. Oh, I agree. So it's an appeal. Like if you are a footballer, I th- let's put this out there at yeah. any level. Yeah. Let's just see if you can get photographed Ooh. doing it. We can get you a t-shirt. Doesn't matter who scores. Yeah. Go up, get involved in the celebration, lift your top up, just turn it around with the puddings. Is puddings massive. is massive. Fantastic. Yeah. Come on, let's get that done. All right. All right. Get in touch. That was a good, good question though, Nick. Uh, appreciate it. Right, so message from Sam. Uh, in solidarity with Peter's outrage of the gluten-free oat milk latte drinking cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's not wrong there, right? Can't be even like reading that. Gluten-free oat milk latte drinking cyclist. This is so much wrong in there. <laughs> I've come up with the new name for the League Cup. The Allergy and Intolerance Cup. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. The final will be Derby between arch rivals Gluten Town and Watford. <laughs> I'll Gluten run through. Town. I'll run through the Gluten Town's eleven. Gluten Town at Kennel Cough Road <laughs> with match commentary from Hives Tilsley. Oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, right? Head coach, Big Sam Allergies. <laughs> <laughs> Assistant coach Tony Poulis. <laughs> he features in every one Emily. of his elevens, by the way. Poulis. Every one of them. <laughs> in goal, Joe Hartburn. Love yeah. it. Uh, Mucus Rashford. <laughs> Double whammy, Mucus and Rash. <laughs> Mohamedou Diarrhea. Oh, yeah. That's good. Uh, Alexander Lactose Intolerant. <laughs> Lactose. <laughs> oh, my God. Anna Fix Lachis. Lachis. 
Uh, anaphylaxis. Ah, anaphylaxis, Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, you'd get that one. Uh, edema Traore. <laughs> um, <laughs> conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis. Bramble. Karim Ben. Eczema, eczema, Ben Eczema. That's, that's top tier, that yeah. one. Kareem oh. Ben Eczema. Ben Eczema. Uh, Timo Pukey. Uh, <laughs> Penicillin St. Maximan. Uh, Jamie Farty. <laughs> Unfortunately, out with a fungal infection is Sandro Ingrown Tonali. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They will have to be very wary of Watford superstar Soy Dini, <laughs> uh, punditry by Sneeze Sickwell and Peter Crotchrot. Peter Crotchrot. It's a new one. Sam, Sam deserve a lot of credit yeah, for that. That is good. Let's stick on me. It's it's quite, we don't even throw out the themes for the 11s anymore. No, they do, them weekly, they do it so. themselves. It's the Allergy and Intolerance Cup. Keep sending them in, yeah. Love it. Uh, all right, guys. Pleasure today. Back stronger next week. Well, guys, happy... Um, oh, it'll be New Year's Eve before we know it, so happy yeah. Podmany. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Podmany. Yeah, yeah. Podmany, yeah. And, uh, happy and, uh, and healthy 2024 And do you know what? I hope, you know, forget Christmas dinner. I hope your puddings are massive this yeah. year. Hey. I think everyone's puddings is going to be massive over yeah, Christmas. Absolutely. Enjoy it. And right. even more massive in 2024. Chumbawamba, everyone. Chumbawamba. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said... What can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.